Greetings, and welcome to Etzheim's weekly podcast, recorded live in Richardson, Texas. We invite you now to join us for one of our synagogue's Shabbat messages. And so, uh, no matter what happens to the natural, as we just sang a moment ago, just know that our Lord God reigns from heaven on high. So, Lord, give us ears to hear what you are speaking and you are proclaiming today through your servant, George, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you, David. Well, it is wonderful to be here. Um, I just want to start by saying, you know, as we come together as the household of faith, you know, we have a we have a love for compassion and we have a love for righteousness. Would you agree? The chesed, the mercy, the kindness, the goodness of God, but also the justice, the judgment, the righteousness. The safety that comes from knowing that there is one transcendent who watches over all things. Right? And so, you know, as as we start today, I just want to declare my righteousness is that I have none. Apart from him, I am like any other weak human that stumbles into sin. Struggles with mind thoughts that you have to take captive. You know, uh, has weakness in the flesh, soul, and even spiritually at times can move into double-mindedness. You understand that this is who we are apart from his spirit, right? And, um, and so as we start into this today, it's important because as we lay down foundations, you know, the truth is this. Apart from him, we would be like Samson with his haircut. You understand, right? There's nothing there. But with his glory in us through his spirit or on us by his spirit, Saul himself, who was a betrayer, became a different man for those moments. You understand? And so as we talk today, um, it's important. You're going to find me, I move from side to side of the stage because there is a left side and there is a right side and there are truths on both sides. You understand? But any one truth that is made into the only truth denies the one who gave truth. You understand? Because he sits above it. He sits above the issues of the day. That's why he's the righteous judge. Who stands outside of time and space. He already knows. He already knows. And yet he enters time and space. He wants us to know. He wants us to learn righteousness. To shun wickedness. And to not trust in the knowledge of good and evil. Even in the Torah. The Torah apart from the spirit does not prosper. You understand? To know good from evil does not give you the will to do good. And so I'm, I'm, I'm laying some foundations because it's important that whenever, uh, anyone here or anyone far off would, would see this, they would understand we are not proclaiming ourselves. You know, like David has been saying, there are a lot of Jesuses out there, Yeshua's as well. 
out there. I, there was a, a show when I was a child called To Tell the Truth. I don't know if any of you older people remember that. But it was like a show where you had three different people sitting up there and you were trying to figure out right, which one is the one. You know, they're telling the story of their life and, you know, and at the end it's always, well, which one was I right? And the real person stands up that that, everything they talked about was their life. The other was were imposters. You understand? There is an imposter Yeshua on the left. Especially on the left. There is an, because that's lawlessness. And there is an imposter Yeshua on the right. Especially on the right. That's self-righteousness. That's the, the legalism that takes the truth of God to destroy a brother's faith. You understand? Both are the spirit of death. You know? And so, um, you know, I want to go to the next slide. And uh, I like to use natural metaphors because I believe all of creation declares that God is. And in from creation, there are testimonies that even if you don't know the scripture, they are speaking to you. And in Romans, Paul says that all men, all men, all women will be accountable because creation has declared the glory of God. You understand? So, you know, this is a, a question. Where is your, your vision uh, focus? When things are calm, when things are nice, you're driving down the road. You can see this is a kind of a country road. You know, you've got a left side, you've got a right side, and you're driving and there's a pin spot coming. You know, for those of you that drive, what happens when you're in this situation? Now, that was a thin road, wasn't it? That was not a big, wide, six-lane, divided highway. That was a big road before I go to the next slide, please. Where do you do when you're looking at that? For you drivers, you go back to your training. You don't look at the lights, right? If you look at the lights, you're going to go to the lights and it's not going to be good, right? So what do you do? You've set your focus. You've got a left side and a right side. You focus and typically somebody will focus to the right or the left. They have a dominant, just like everybody has a dominant eye. How many of you are left eye dominant? However, you are right eye dominant. Tend towards logic and truth. Others, compassion and mercy. You understand, there's all this left brain, right brain stuff, right? Well, when you're going through this kind of a situation where it's like, oh my gosh, danger is upon me, you go back to what you know. You got a left and a right, you focus in, you get through that situation, and on the other side, you breathe easy and go, whew, glad I was taught not to go into the light, right? You know, so... I say that because we've got one of these situations happening in our world right now, don't we? You know, this morning I was watching on uh, YouTube, it was interesting, there was a uh, 10-minute little show of two albums of photos from 1944, from Auschwitz from those that were documenting what happened at that time and they were inside the concentration camps. And the other was the officers and the women that worked in the camp and their vacation. Happy, drinking, oh, they were bummed, they ran out of blueberries, you know. They're sitting, they've got, I mean, it's cute, they're sitting with their children, they're, they're playing. Both of these things were happening at the same time. You know, I, I think of the tale of two cities. It was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. 
I believe we are in one of those situations right now. For some people, this is the best of times. You know, I travel a lot. I've got a a lot of friends all over the world, and, and, and it is the best of times. Abortion, partial birth abortion. Hallelujah. We are free. Excellent. I'm telling you, rejoicing, parties, excitement, you know. When they passed that law in New York, the whole, the whole, uh, congressional body rejoiced. We are free. You understand? It's the best of times. The other side of it is now over 60 million aborted children and it started in New York. I'm from New York. So is David. We lived about 20 minutes from each other. You know, he's older than me. So, uh, that's true. He went to Sweet Home and I went to Winslow North. We were like 20 minutes from each other. Best of times, worst of times. And you need to understand that. For those that love lawlessness and wickedness, best of times. For those that love righteousness and humility, worst of times. In that situation, would you agree? To this day, and I just was marveling at it because I thought that is who, that's where we are right now. The lights are upon us. What do you do? What do you do? You know, I I actually brought my little chauffeur. I don't play it very often. I've got a little pocket size. It's a conceal and carry size. So you can walk in and nobody knows you've got it, but it's there, right? So that you can give the warning. And, uh, I don't play it very often, but I played trumpet growing up, so. And I played in my church orchestra at the time. But uh, next slide. I want to make a point, once again, about natural and spiritual. There is a movement in our world that is from God, but things get hijacked. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about viruses and how they operate. You know, if a virus can attach itself to a cell, you've now got that virus. If, it's, if you're exposed to it, but it doesn't attach to the cell, you've been exposed, but you don't have it. You understand? It can attach to the cell, but if it hasn't hijacked the cell, which it hijacks the ribosomes within the cell, then you not only have it, but now you're moving towards where you've got manifestations of it. You understand? The third dynamic is once it's hijacked the cell, you know what happens? The immune system kicks in. You know, in some cases, cytokine storm, if you've heard of that, you know, it's trying to destroy that virus. But the problem is, what if it, what happens if the attack doesn't shut off? You end up with an autoimmune disorder and somebody dies. You understand? Natural things speak of spiritual things. You know, there's a green movement in the earth. There's an organic movement in the earth. And this was a, I'm not going to really go through much of this today, but I wanted to put it up because organic 
That which was created by God that's food needs no label. Would you agree? You can look at it and go, oh, that's an orange, right? You know, that's a tomato, you know. And we have become accustomed to eating um, synthesized foods. Somebody's played with it, right? And we know, it, 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 you know, in many cases, it's not good. We've got all kinds of allergies. Uh, you know, my, my beautiful wife, Katie, who I adore, she's, you know, she's allergic to wheat and dairy and other things. But, you know, it's like, as, but if she can eat an ancient grain, she's not allergic to that. So what is she allergic to? Right? Maybe the synthetic, some of the things that we've done with our foods. And what we know, you know, kind of the non-GMO, I don't want something that somebody played with, right? You know, somebody got in there and said, you know, I think we ought to do, tweak this little thing and tweak that, you know. Not sure what it's going to do to you. Maybe it'll last better. Maybe it'll resist the, the bugs. And maybe the bugs won't touch it because it's been, it's no good anymore, you know. You know, have you ever tried to feed your dog something and he looks at it and he's like, no way, I'm eating that, you know. And it's like, man, and he's unclean and he still won't eat it, you know. And so, and, and that's a point. You know, the food laws have practical application. You know, there's a metaphor in them, you know. But if you go to the next slide, I want to talk about organic faith today. I don't want what somebody dreamed up. In their council. Because, hey, we don't want to offend the people that break that commandment. So let's change the, let's change the theology. That way they don't have to feel bad. You know? And at the same time, we don't really like these people and we don't want them to feel good either. Right? And people play with theology. You know, the rainbow belongs to the Lord because he wiped out the earth because every thought and intention of man was evil and he destroyed everything. A lot of genetic mutations going on before that. If you remember the whole angels and humans and crazy stuff that was fallen angels and humans. You know, genetic manipulations. God washed the planet clean and he put a rainbow to let us know that he still loved us. And so there is also a rainbow around the throne, if you heard that in the worship song today. That rainbow is not to say everybody who violates every perversion on the planet is going to be standing at the throne. That's not the case. But I will say this. Those who've been redeemed from every sort of perversion that's in the planet. You know, I don't care what letter of the alphabet you want to pick. You know... If you're redeemed, that means he took the wickedness out. He put righteousness back in and he said, walk in it, therefore. And if you stumble, there is an advocate, Yeshua the righteous, who paid the price, who says, I don't care what you're struggling with. He's mine. Get back up. Look at me. Make me your vision. And you can rise from whatever corruption in the flesh or soul or spirit exists, and I will draw you to myself, and you will be holy just as I am holy, because you are my son or my daughter. Follow those genetics and reject, take to the cross, those genetics. God is not soft on sin. He is, he is a heart to the sinner. You know? 
And so I wanted to start by saying the truth of myself because I'm saying some heavy things. But the reality is, is God does not compromise his kingdom, his justice, his mercy or compassion for anyone. Yeshua died so that blood would redeem the sinner and justice would say, satisfied. But without repentance, without repentance, mercy says, it's not mine. It's not mine. Repentance is required. You understand? Doesn't mean he's not calling to you, saying to repent. Doesn't mean he doesn't move near to you as a friend and say to you, forsake your sin and love righteousness. You understand? I know we're saying a lot. And and, and I know that this body understands. Because what I am declaring to you is what I've given different terms to it. I've called it the messianic gospel. It's different than the gospel that some are preaching. You understand? Some come in and say, listen, live as you will. Christ died. Man cannot obey God. Therefore, abandon the law. The law is cursed. It's not the law that's cursed. It's the transgression of the law that receives the curse. You understand? He didn't nail the law to the cross. He nailed the curse that was speaking against you to the cross. Because you had repented and fled into the Yeshua rehabilitation program. You know? Where he gives you a new heart and a new soul. And even says, matter of fact, I'm even going to do this. When you die, I won't let death take you. I will, reg- I will resurrect you to my world, which is coming. Right? This is good stuff. So, next slide. So we live in a day of lawlessness, and I have a lot up there. That is a collage of corruption. And some people up there are heroes to others. You know? But thus says Adonai, stand in the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. And then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Jeremiah 6.16. And here, O earth, see, I will bring disaster on this people, fruit of their screams, for they did not listen to my words, but rejected my Torah, my law, my commandments, my instructions. <clears throat> There's a false unity movement that's out there. You know, I put up there, cause this is, this is one of our guys, you know, like this fellowship here is part of a fellowship called Messianic Jewish Alliance of America, the MJAA. We have an alignment, a fellowship with that organization. And, and, and one of our, one of our speakers that goes out there that's had some popularity, got, had, had a message that's gone out. If you notice in the upper left hand corner, Jonathan Kahn, the harbinger. Has anybody ever read that book or seen that book? Raise your hand if you have, because I want to just... Okay, so uh, many of you. If you've not, the essence of that book is kind of written in a story form, is that God loves the United States of America. And he has a covenant with the United States of America. 
Because unlike the popular teaching of today, the United States wasn't founded only on financial opportunity and slavery. That is not the truth. Now, that doesn't mean that some of that wasn't here. But it goes back to and it emphasizes the pilgrims coming to the United States or to the land at the time. And, you know, having good relationships with the Indians, not hunting them down, killing them and so forth. Good relationships. I mean, that's where the whole kind of Thanksgiving, which actually many believe was a feast of Sukkot, you know, celebration was occurring. And they were together. And there, and listen, people died on both sides. Indians had died before they got there. They literally showed up on land for people that had a, a whole race or a, you know, a identity of people that had died. And somebody came who actually knew English, believe it or not, could come to them and help them, you know, guide them through how to survive in the land. But the father of that, uh, I think it's Jonathan Winthrop is his name, was the father of that covenant community and ultimately what they did is they, they were making a covenant with God. That this land would be like a new Israel. A city on a hill. A place where people could worship according to the scripture, not according to the counsels of men. It doesn't matter what denomination you want to throw in there. When you forsake the organic God for the denominational God, you have just put them a little bit more in a box. And that doesn't mean that certain denominations don't have truths that are true. It's just typically they find the truths that they like, they build a fence around them, and say, come stand with us. These are the truths. Anything outside of there, stay away from. And I'm sorry, you know, and I, I, I remember this from the Torah, that when people live in the city, there are certain blessings, but when they live in the country, the Lord gives certain blessings as well about land and other things, because I think there's something special about being a little bit of a pioneer in God. I'm sorry, a little DIY faith, if you will. It doesn't mean we don't listen to the scribes, the Pharisees when they sit in the seat of Moses, not taking too much of what they're living like. And the same with pastors and teachers. You have many teachers, but you have few fathers. You understand? God, matter of fact, it even says, call no man father. You have one father. And so there's a point to which, you know, as much as we love any of these people, them and Jonathan Kahn included, it's like, man, they are elder brothers. There's elder brothers because we have one father. Even Yeshua has one God and one father of his own. The God and father of our Yeshua Mashiach, right? So... I'm kind of laying some things out there because I'm, I'm kind of clearing the air. I, I, I want to set the stage. Um, Harbinger 2 is a new book. Came out this year. Talks about COVID in there and all this stuff. It's a very, very interesting book. I would recommend everybody read it because what I believe, and I'm going to say this, I believe this United States, this landmass from sea to shining sea, whatever it is, everybody in between, this belongs to Yeshua. It's his. Like Israel is his over there, this is his here. He made a covenant with the people that established it. And that's strong. And you may disagree. And you're welcome to disagree. You will be wrong. You will be. Now I say that because I actually believe what I'm saying, right? You know, the, the scriptures say this. When God laid out the boundaries of the nations... He did it according to, who knows the rest of it? 
the sons of Israel. How many sons of Israel do we have in here? Well, I know I am. I can tell you that. Anybody else? You are a son of Israel. Israel is my firstborn. The dragon goes off to wage war against the children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Yeshua. Is that not us? The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, against all who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And what I want you to get from my talking here is I keep going from side to side. I want you to feel the fear of God, the glory of God, the holiness of God, the fact that he does not put up with garbage. He's tough. He's like, you know, you, you, if you've ever read the book, Asian Tiger Mom, I don't know, that's a book that kind of was popular out there. It's like the way the Asians raise their children is like, no nonsense. You will practice the violin for 50 hours or something, you know. It's like, you know, and at the end of it, they're like these world-class cellists and so forth. They've got a little insecurity inside, but hey, you know, they can perform, you know. <laughs> I'm letting you know that when you read the scriptures, that part of God is in there. Would you agree? Yes. Because you can't pick and choose. He is who he is, and you get to recognize, respect, and receive that spirit of God. You know, the seven spirits of God, which some, you know, put in, in tandem with that, with the uh, menorah and even the candlesticks from Revelation, is that Man, you've got the fear of the Lord is one of those spirits, right? You know, the spirit of might, understanding, wisdom, counsel, all that stuff that's nice and come near. But man, it's it, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Somebody are like, man, I wish we'd take that one out of there. I don't like that one. Of course you don't. That's the sin nature in you going, oh my gosh, I know I'm in trouble. Oh my gosh. And you know what? You're supposed to feel that. You're supposed to feel that. That's supposed to remind you, thank you, Father, that you redeemed me out of every tribe, every tongue, by the blood of your lamb, right? Um, next slide. Next slide. I want to come stronger into this. This is just out of the book of Revelation, but, you know, the essence of what it says there is the revelation of Yeshua, the Mashiach, which God gave to him, gave him to show to his bond servants the things which must soon take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bond servant, John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Messiah, Messiah Yeshua, even to all that he saw. Um, there's a couple of key words I just want you to see there. And if you're following along with your Bibles, which I would encourage you to do, um, because the text size that I've used is not big, uh, I really encourage people to have a scriptures with you, even if it's on your, you know, your phone. You know, once again, conceal and carry, right? You know, you got it all right there, and so forth. But I want you to follow along with in 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 the, in the scriptures. But there's a term here. To his bond servants, bond servants. I, I, I want to remind you that a bond servant law comes from Exodus. It's right after the, the 10 utterances in, tw in uh, Exodus 20. Basically says when somebody is set free, but they decide they want to stay with their master because where else would I want to go? 
He's given me a wife. He's given me this. He's given me all these things. I don't want to go out. I would rather stay with you, master, than go and be on my own. They're supposed to take that person, bring him to the door, drive a, 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 an all through their, their ear and pierce the ear. And forever, this servant is different than every other servant. They had the liberty to walk, but they've stayed. Because they love the master. You get it? It's a beautiful law, isn't it? It's like, wow. What is he referring to John? He's a bond servant. He's a bond servant. And I want to encourage you. We are the bond servants of Hashem. We are his bond servants. His law is our delight. Psalm 119. Oh, How I love his word. You know, these, his law, it speaks to us. Some think we're crazy, right? It's like, well, you just don't know him the way we know him. You're afraid, but you're only afraid because you don't know the heart that goes with that holiness. Uh, Revelation 1 9. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance, which are in Yeshua, was on the island of Patmos, uh, because of the word of God and the testimony of Yeshua. Say this with me. Actually, this side, say with me, the word of God. And this side, say the testimony of Yeshua. Because you see these two things are separate throughout book of Revelation. There's, uh, I love the church of Philadelphia. There's Renager relatives that came into the United States in 1730 on a Palantine ship called Love and Unity. Beautiful, huh? You know, Christian Renager immigrated into the United States. The ship was hijacked by pirates, sat offshore. Many of the people died. But ultimately, a deal was made. They came to shore and, you know, Christian Renninger, Philadelphia, landed. So I like Philadelphia. My father's from Pennsylvania, you know. His family was all from there. But Philadelphia is about brotherly love. Brotherly love. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, he was holy, who is true, Who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one will open, says this. I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no man can shut. Because you have a little power and have kept my word and not denied my name. You see that? Again, bond servants, his word, his name. You know, I'm just wanting to help you see this. Because... When you are going through the storm and the lights are in your eyes. Most people that teach out of the book of Revelation are trying to tell you how it's all going to happen. What I want to tell you is how to make it no matter what happens. You get it? I mean, you know, right now part of the nation thinks that the military is running the United States and Trump is coming back. Truly. Whole group believes that. Be nice, but. For me. Number two, 
The other is like, uh, hey, this is wonderful and everything's happening and these people are all believing a, a lie like what was done in Russia back at the time that the Bolsheviks took over. They created all these thoughts so that those people that would have stood against them wouldn't stand against them. They were waiting for this return of the military that never happened and the Bolsheviks took power. I mean, this is like psyop stuff, you know, this is crazy. I don't, I don't need to worry about that. I need to keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Yeshua. I need to keep his word and not deny his name. Because there is a highway of holiness that no evil thing can come upon. And you know what? The Lord says this in other places. Hey, if I'm destined for captivity, to captivity I'll go. But if he's with me, it's going to be okay. I mean, it's church of Sardis. Don't worry about it. You'll only be alive 10 days. Tough church. You know, I, I like Philadelphia. Sardis is very tough. But they get the crown of life. But if you're familiar with the book of Revelation, church of Sardis is tough. It says, don't worry about this. You'll only have to endure for 10 days and then it'll be over. You know, but there is a resurrection. You know, Hebrews 11 talks about those who conquered kingdoms by faith and those who suffered terribly by faith and have a better resurrection. So I, I, I honestly am trying to not make you just feel comfortable. I'm trying to show you the truth. This is tough time. This is dangerous times. You know, I'll say this too. I was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. I was standing there, sixth row, VIP section. I don't know how that happened. They just let me in. So I was thankful because uh, I wasn't a VIP and I was late. But, you know, the Lord's good. It was freezing cold. It was beautiful. Said the Lord's Prayer. Prayed, talked about whether the election was stolen or not. You know, you're not even allowed to talk about that on social media or you get removed. You know? But here I am. I'm there. We're praying. I'm with my next door neighbor who loves the Lord. You know? And um, it ends. It's beautiful. All these people. I mean, there's probably like, I mean, I estimate like 700,000 people there. And then it's all moving down to the Capitol building. You get down by the Capitol building and there's people saying, get in there. This is our house. We got to take it back. And I'm like, hey, bro, back off, you know. And I said to my neighbor, these are like not our people. And so we did not go into all of that. We walked around, ended up talking to the to the police and actually the military that was there. And they were like saying, hey, we understand. We're concerned about the same things you are. But they said, Somebody has broken into the Capitol building. This is not going to help the cause. I said, oh, that's not who we are. That is not who we are. So we never went in. We ended up moving on after that. But what I will say is this, you know, the Nazis burned the Reichstag in Germany to blame it on their enemies to seize power. Because we were praying, I was walking next to a Catholic group to the, you know, towards the Capitol building, and they're saying the Our Father together, they're doing all this. That's what was there. 99% of it. But that's not what you saw. You know, they threw the Christians to the lion and lions in the first century. Do you think they were really that bad, or do you think somebody had an issue with them for a reason? I know what I'm saying is not going to be popular, and I'm not trying to be popular. I'm trying to be faithful. Because this is the real stuff. 
Everybody's thinking in the secret place, isn't it? This is what's going on. And we don't know. But I'm telling you this. What you do need to know is we, this church right here, this ecclesia, this ecclesia that started in the wilderness with Moses, with Moshe. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. I will make them come down, bow down at your feet, and make them know that I have loved you. That is another one of those ones like, George, did you just actually read that in the Messianic synagogue? Yes, I did, because it's in the scriptures. You understand? There are those who say there are Jews, and the Lord Yeshua says they are not. They are lying. And I don't believe that that is all those who love the Torah but haven't found Yeshua. I'm not throwing them in that group. There are those that hate those that love Yeshua and the Torah and they despise them. Did you know over in Israel just recently, they uh, didn't want to allow Messianic congregations to receive tax deductibles uh, on donations. I mean, that's our beloved Israel, which we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, right? But you can be a Christian church, and you can be a Jewish synagogue, but if you're a Messianic Jewish, eh, not quite sure what to do with these guys. They're too Jewish for the Christians, and too Christian for the Jewish, right? It's like, who are these people? On a side note, I'll tell you who they are. You know, in the parable of, uh, and I say the parable of Joseph's life, Joseph... He was betrayed by Judah. Judah was the leader of the clan at that time. Reuben and Simeon, they had issues, right? And it was Judah. And they threw the promised Joseph into a pit. He was sent off to die. They assumed he was dead. They didn't know that he still lived. That he was going by a different name. He looked like a Greek Jesus. But it was Yeshua. Just drawn an analogy for you. He was off there. They didn't know. But you know, the, Joseph was watching for something. The whole story is about this. Has their heart changed from when they betrayed me? And you know how I'll know? How do they treat my little brother? Born of the same mother. Benjamin. The Messianic movement, the Messianic Jewish movement is Benjamin. Born of love, Rachel. Like Yeshua. And in the end, I tell you this. Who's going to have our back? Judah is going to have our back at one point. And then the game is really going to change. Because I say this, as they... Joseph allowed it so that Judah was in, that uh, Benjamin was in trouble. It was a setup. You know? You know the story? But in the end, when Judah said, hey, you cannot touch Benjamin. I will not allow that to happen. You take me before you take him. We will never do to our father what we did before. Right? I think that just like we've had the back of Israel... I think Israel will have the back of believers at one point. Watch. Watch. That's my prophetic statement. So when it happens, you can say, hey, George said that. 
<laughs> for whatever that's worth. Uh, anyways, so we love our brother Judah, even if they don't know Mashiach. But beware of the ones that hate Yeshua. Because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I'll also keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come on the whole world to test those who dwell in the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God. Now this is Yeshua talking, right? The name of his God will be written on them. And the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven, and my new name, he who has near, let him hear what the Spirit says. His new name, Yeshua has a new name. I mean, I don't know. I've heard some people say, that's Jesus. And I'm like, well, maybe, you know, maybe he's going to go by Jesus when he gets here. I don't know, you know. Uh, hey, now that would be a big twist for all the Messianics that are trying to Throw that out of the way. He's like, no, no, I am Zafnat Panea. It's all right. You don't have to call me Joseph. I am Zafnat Panea here, right? You know, I mean, well, that would be a stunner for everybody, wouldn't it? It's like, no, just call me Jesus. I kind of like that name, you know. I know I'm in there mixing it all around for all of you, but I'm letting you know it is not within your little grid. It's not. He's bigger. He's greater. And it is safer then you realize, and it's more dangerous than you realize. But you've got to get out of your forward walls if you're going to get to where the safety is. Do you understand me? He is not a, he is not a tame lion. You understand, like from C.S. Lewis. It's like, well, man, the roaring of the lion makes me nervous. It's like, yeah, it should. He's good, but he's not safe. That means if you're doing bad, you should be really scared, right? So... Now, these are the markings I want to point out. What happens to those who persevere in brotherly love? Discerning between, what I will say is discerning between who's your true brother. I will tell you, I, I, I love meeting, when I meet people that are, you know, Jewish. I don't know what their DNA is. I mean, they've been converting people for centuries. Are they actually Abraham, Isaac, Jacob's sons? Maybe not. But they're there and they love Torah. And I'm sure the true ones are there too. You understand what I'm saying? There's a DNA reality to being a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? Right. It's not, it's not the rabbis who get to do that conversion and testimony. You understand? Yeshua has an issue with the rabbis. Just like he did then. He thinks he's the one who gets to interpret. And I think in the end he's going to be. Right? You have to discern through all that and love those that are your brother in the word of God. Because the Torah is the word that, in my opinion, Yeshua, in his pre-incarnate, existing as the word of God, was the one speaking to Moshe from the burning bush, saying, I am. Right? That's my belief. And, you know, we can debate that, but I'll tell you what, boy, it sure makes a whole lot of sense. It's like, Oh, you mean the guy who gave the law, gave his life to redeem those who transgressed the law. Wow, I love this guy. I love this guy, you know, because he is like way beyond like my little thinking, right? Mind blow, poof, you know. But I want you to see this. The markings from the Church of Philadelphia are this. 
The name of the Father is written on them. The name of Yeshua, whatever name he decides to write on there, his new name is written on them. They are going to be somehow have the new Jerusalem written on them. They're part of that. Church of Philadelphia. And I, I want everyone in this room, I want us, and I say this with, with, with David's blessing on it. We want to be that church of Philadelphia. We want to be that messianic synagogue that loves Judah, understands that there are those that hate Yeshua, and they are in danger of being cut off by Yeshua to any inheritance in Judaism, in his definition of Jewishness, and Israel. And they should be careful. The same is true for Christians, where they, they're the replacement theology group. Judah's done. You know, God doesn't even care about them. We ought to hunt them down. You know the history on this stuff. It's really bad. Everybody's done horrible things to each other from first century to current times. Everybody is bound up into mercy. We've all sinned, right? It doesn't matter which one of this group you identify with. We are all Bound into mercy to the one God who's redeemed us all by his blood to himself. And he will decide who gets what as far as tribes and inheritance. So you don't need to worry about it, right? It's a big commonwealth of Israel. Matter of fact, there's a book called Commonwealth Theology, which is kind of interesting. Dave and I had a brief talk about it. But, you know, I looked at it a bit more. It's actually quite good. Instead of trying to figure out where you fit and all this kind of stuff, there's a commonwealth of God. And everybody's a citizen. Now, whether you live from New York to Texas, that's a secondary question, right? We're Americans right now. You know, in the kingdom, we are the Israel of God. And wherever tribal reality you've got, you know, and some of us, you know, you know, we... There's another promise that says he's going to give you a, a, a white stone and a new name. You know that? You know what he's really saying? Just stay focused. I got all the rest of that stuff covered. Nobody's going to take your inheritance. And, you know, Judah and Ephraim and the jealousy and the making the, you know, you know, all this stuff. You know, in some ways, it's like, you know, that's just like insecure brothers and sisters trying to be the best in the room. Right. You guys have kids. I mean, I have kids. You know, if somebody does something great, the other one has to make a comment so that they're greater. You know what I mean? You know how it is, right? So don't get caught up in that stuff. Our inheritance is secure. It's in him, right? But to be a united people. Now, I'm going to do this quick. What? Uh, okay, wow. I'm going to do this exceptionally quick. Okay, as you walk through the book of Revelation, you are going to see... That everywhere, from the martyrs to the 144,000 who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Yeshua, <clears throat> to singing the song of Moses, the bondservant, and the song of the Lamb. Who, you know, what expression of faith does that sound like? Right? I mean, I'm just touching on this, and we could spend... We could spend forever talking about the mysteries of what's here. But I want you to see something. The Father's commands and the testimony of Yeshua is our song. You understand? We can play it. Everybody plays it a little bit differently. But the reality is 
your left side of the road of the highway of holiness and your right side of the road is not Republican or Democrat, right? It is the commandments of God, the law, the truth, the word, which is unmovable, and the mercy of God that is unmovable, that he cares about you, and he extends himself to say, flee the wrath to come and know that I adore you. Come on. Right? It's a mighty God we serve. To the Israel of God that is mentioned in the book of Revelation where it talks about the dragon who's enraged. I think we're living with an enraged dragon right about now, you know? And that's all right. I mean, it is terrifying and it may be terrible of certain moments, but it is glorious. You know, if you've ever said, man, I wish I could see the pillar of fire. You know, I wish when the Egyptians were coming and suddenly, bam, you know, and it's like, whoa. It's like, man, to see that is awesome. I think you're going to get to see it. It's just not as exciting when you're going through it as it is to see it from the movie. You know what I mean? And so, but who are these these children and her offspring, those who keep the commandments of God, hold to the testimony of Yeshua. And the dragon is empowered, you know, to go out and to even have victory for a period of times. But, <sighs> Mount Zion is being built up. And I want to mention this. An angel is released to proclaim in the earth the eternal gospel. I believe that what I am saying to you is the eternal gospel. It is bigger than any denomination. Because the commandments from the Torah, the Torah is in earth, but they were spoken from what is unseen and from the heavenly throne, temple, and so forth. What was on earth was a shadow picture. Now, here we are in vessels of clay and flesh, and we are learning clean and unclean in food. But you know what? Clean and unclean in food teaches you about clean and unclean in spirit. That's a teacher you should not eat from. They have a mixed spirit. You understand? When you're getting your physical food, when you eat clean and unclean, and, and for some of you may not do that, but let me tell you, when you do that for a while, you eat pork or, share, or you know shellfish or you get it and nobody tells you about it you know it you're like ooh, what is that do you know i'll tell you this when i was at the capitol building and we were walking with my friend something shifted i said what was that he's like what i said something just changed these are not our people this is not us this thing changed that discernment that says, you know, from groups praying together for the nation and stuff to say, oh, that is a different spirit. You know, clean and unclean foods are natural commandments that teach you about spiritual realities, right? Just like the Passover taught you about the blood of the lamb on the throne of the altar of God. These natural commandments should not be forsaken. They're not the essence of your salvation. They're part of the education of your salvation. Does that make sense? Or the expression of salvation. You know, when people were dying of the black plague and everybody was blaming the Jews, who knows, we might run into one of those. Somehow Donald Trump is responsible for the coronavirus, you know? How does that happen? You know, it won't be too long till they say they're responsible as well. 
They didn't want to wear a mask. They're the ones who did it. You understand that we are on the edge of this stuff. But the eternal gospel is preached. Fallen is Babylon the Great. And what is that eternal gospel? I, you know, I don't think Benjamin knew my slides. But I couldn't ask for a better worship service based on what I'm talking about today than worthy is the Lamb. And I have to zip through this, but it is the same markings for the Israel of God, what he calls the saints who are worshiping around the throne. It is all the commandments of God and the testimony of Yeshua. You are in the right place. That doesn't mean, just because you're in the right place and you know the truth doesn't mean you did the truth. Do you understand? There are those, what's the advantage of the Jew? Great in every respect. He knows what's righteous. What's the problem? He didn't pursue it by faith in Yeshua. He didn't attain to it. And the Gentiles who had no law, they didn't know what was right or wrong. But by faith, they're going, it just doesn't feel right anymore. I'm not going to do that. They're showing by nature of the spirit that they have the law of God written in their heart. Does that make sense? Paul says all this stuff. Okay, next slide. The priests of God. I mean, I go on the bride. I'm just zipping through it all because I got to get to the main point. (laughs) In the first century, the expression of faith was two things. There was the synagogue, which was emphasizing the teachings of Moshe. Would you agree? Acts 15 says Moshe is, is taught every week in the synagogues on Shabbat. There's an expectation that whoever the believers are, they will be there. Can we agree? The second expression was this. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had things in common. Meaning like, oh, you need something? Something went wrong? Yeah, I got some extra money here. This is for you. You know, it doesn't mean everything became socialism. I'm sorry. It's not true. God is not a socialist. He's not a communist. How do I know that? No communist or socialist. Well, actually they would, but it's because they're not truly their own values. But no one would go and say to the one who was so afraid they didn't invest their talent. Here, I'm taking the talent that you buried and I'm giving it to the billionaire who didn't. That is not socialism, is it? No, it is not. So don't believe the lies when they try to try their false compassion so that they can take the position of God and decide who eats and who doesn't, who works and who doesn't. Don't buy into their lie. That is a perversion of our Hashem who governs the earth and deals with men individually as well as corporately. Sorry, it's a passion. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having the favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the congregation daily that such should be saved. This is Acts 2.42. Now, we have been good in this synagogue at synagogue meetings. We are not good at home meetings, right? Breaking bread, house to house, studying the apostles' doctrine. That's not been our strength, has it been? No. And that is, and and, and I want to say this. With the times that we are in, 
You cannot afford to not have friends who you deeply trust and know. You know, in California, church was just wiped out in a decision by the, by the governor. You can't meet anymore. Well, we're going to show up in our cars. I'm sorry. We're taking all the license plates. You're all getting tickets and so forth. It happened. It happened a few months ago. I'm letting you know it is time to get connected relationally with those who want to keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Yeshua. Because it might be a day you need to show up at their house. Or somebody shows up your house that shouldn't be there. You need to be able to make a phone call and have, just like Nehemiah, blow that trumpet and a whole group of our congregation shows up. You understand? So, we're gonna hand out some, uh, we're gonna hand out some forms. Uh, whoever's doing that. Clipboards. Okay, clipboards are going around. And you're going to, uh, let us know. Let us know. If you are, um, I thought I had it in here. Maybe I took it out. Oh, yeah. If you are interested in participating and joining one of the small groups. If you are interested in hosting, because you know it's a big city, Dallas, right? We need some places in different parts. If you want to host, you can open your home and we'll help you figure out how to do that. And the third part is, would you be interested in perhaps facilitating? You know, leading, but leading a home group is more about facilitating. What do you expect in those home groups? Four big pictures. There will be worship. We worship. I mean, it was perfect what was going on today. Matter of fact, if you notice, I'm using the temple as the example of how to create fellowship with believers while experiencing the Father, the Word, or Yeshua, and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Because the wonders of the Holy Spirit are powerful. When you're sick, I mean, I, I have a nutritional company. You know, but when you're sick, you want the Holy Spirit to come and vanquish that sickness from you. Right? We need those benefits. So these four, oh, I'm sorry, I'm clicking mine and you're not, keep going to where you see the one says fellowship in the presence of Hashem. Uh, yeah, worship, word, wonder, and an emphasis that we are out to find those that are of the Israel of God. If, if you meet somebody and they're hungry, for the order and principles that are God's word, invite them. If they're interested to know, I, I can't figure out if God really loves me, you need to come. Because when you stand in the light of holiness, and he tells you he loves you, and you see all your ugliness, and he's like, I still adore you. Do you understand? You're like, oh my gosh, I feel so good. Thank you, Lord. I My righteousness is in him. It's not in myself. Oh my gosh, I'm a child of God. This is all, You understand, we're going to gather the gathering, the ingathering of the house of Israel is this body's calling. And it will center on the commandments of God and the testimony of Yeshua as one. That message we will draw with and that message we will grow and there is a unification that's coming. It will include nations. This is my own prophecy as well. There will be sheep nations aligned with the God of Israel. And there will be those that hate and want to destroy them. It's not just a little tiny geography around natural Jerusalem. There is an Israel of God, and it is coming together. So thank you for letting me be here today. Make sure you fill out that clipboard so that we can get in touch with you. We're going to start to ramp this up in probably the next month or so. So, uh, okay, that's it.
God bless y'all. I pray God fills you with his spirit and so forth.